Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey guys, it's Andrew Porter here. Thanks a lot for listening and subscribing and rating my podcast, Wired This Way. I really appreciate all the feedback. I'm glad everyone is enjoying the episodes so far. This week's episode is one of my favorites. It's with a guy that I've been working with for the better part of six years now, someone who I've become really good friends with, a, just an awesome guy, Ike Reese. Being able to do what I've been doing the past 10 years Sometimes I'm uh, uh, more more proud and more satisfied than I did what I did with my athletic career. From 94 WIP in Philadelphia, it's Wired This Way. Life stories about the people in sports, the choices they've made, and how they've achieved their success. I'm Andrew Porter. Most Philadelphia sports fans know Ike Reese as number 58 in Midnight Green, the former Pro Bowl, All-Pro, and NFC champion Eagles linebacker has endeared himself to the city of Philadelphia, which he has called home for the last decade plus. He's one of the best players to ever play for Michigan State, and now he's become an accomplished veteran radio host on the afternoon show with John Marks on Sports Radio 94 WIP in Philadelphia. But Ike has overcome plenty throughout his life in order to get to this point, including losing his father as a young child and then dropping out of school not once but nearly twice. Ike has lived a fascinating life with many ups, many downs, and many chapters. That life begins in Jacksonville, North Carolina on October 16th, 1973. Yeah, man, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, My father was... uh uh, in the Marines, so I was born on the uh, naval base Camp Lejeune in wow. Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, and siblings? Yeah, I got four brothers. Um, second of the uh, of the crew, so um, three younger brothers, one older brother. Yep. And your did your father pass away when you were young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when I was. Um, I must have been about three or four years old, I believe. And, uh, yeah, he passed away, man. Had a a heart attack um, while playing basketball. Wow. um, Yeah. And uh, so he died when I was very young. Did your so? Did your brothers play sports as well? Or? Oh yeah, we all played sports coming up. I was just uh, I'm the only one that made it out of high school playing. Okay. And uh, some of okay. them didn't even make it uh in the high school plan, but as kids, yeah, we all we all played sports, no video games. Mother couldn't afford any video games really, so you know, the way you uh entertained yourself was uh, you were at the playground, you're at the rec center, boys and girls club, you know, so with uh with all boys, you know, we um we found ways to uh keep ourselves entertained and sports was a big part of it, which made us very competitive uh, with each other. And um, if we ever needed a team to take on someone else, 
right. you know, neighborhood or what have you. We had enough guys. Did you have anyone to kind of guide you through sports, or did you, was it on your own, watching it and just your brother? Yeah, like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. You know, with, with um, I had coaches here and there, right. but you know, I was in and out of out of different sports. Um, you know, I didn't play little league football. You know, I didn't play little league football. I played little league uh, baseball, played basketball, but didn't play football. Played football like in the neighborhoods, but never really played tackle football with equipment. But always watched the NFL. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Always been a uh, a big fan of the game. Really, shoot, since about uh, 1980, I would say 79 or 80. Well, the Bengals when the Bengals first went to the Super Bowl in 1980 against the uh, 49ers in uh, Pontiac, Michigan. I think that was 1980. It was 81. Either way. No, the uh, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl in 80. Right. So I think we were, uh, the Bengals were 82. Sorry about that. See, I can't even remember. That's how long ago it was. Right. So you're playing everything. Um, school, like, was school a big priority for you as well? Or you were kind of just like. Yeah, school, you know, school with me was hit or miss. Right. <laughs> you know, I went to school. I was never a, um, um, a bookworm per se, not because I didn't uh, have the ability to be a bookworm. I just didn't have the motivation and the drive. Um, but so uh, school was um, was hit or miss for me at times. Not until I got in high school late that I started taking school serious. In 10th grade, Ike Reese actually faced a crossroads in his life, eventually dropping out of high school and then re-enrolling in a school much farther away, something that could have changed the trajectory of his life forever. Now, Wikipedia says you transfer from Woodward to Aiken. Yeah. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually dropped out. Oh, really? School, yeah, dropped but out of school. But they're both in Cincinnati. Yes. Okay. Yes, dropped out of school in the uh, 10th grade, man, and... Uh, Went back the following year. I just didn't finish that year of 10th grade up, but went back the following year. That's when I went to uh, another school on the other side of town where I could sort of get away from people friends. in my neighborhood, yeah. friends, you know, that type of thing. So I went to a school on the uh, the other side of town where I had to catch two buses wow. uh, to get there. Got I, had to, I think I got up at least two and a half hours early. Who Just, motivated you to do that? One of your brothers or uh, yourself? I think I think after after you know dropping out in the tenth grade, I just realized you know that wasn't really me, and I wanted to do something. I wanted to get involved with something, so you know just decided to go back. And I had the funny thing is I had a uh, I um, my basketball coach at Aiken High School, Eric Thomas. Um, he saw me. Uh, the summer of, um, I believe it was, 90, I believe it was, 90 or even 91, at a, at a rec playing basketball. And he had remembered me from when I was seven, eight years old, nine years old playing basketball. He was used to be one of the officials in the, in the youth league. So he had remembered me uh, from back then and just was asking me, what, what was I into now? What are you doing? And really... Tried. He, he got me to come to Aiken High School. You know, he got me to come to Aiken High School. I told him what I had been doing, pretty much nothing. And he was like, man, you need to come out here with us. And so once I got there, I finally got into a little bit of a, a routine in a home being at that school. So, you know, that's what kind of that's what kind of helped me out. And you're playing basketball and football at this time? No, I didn't play football until my junior year. Okay. So I didn't play football until my junior year. How did that transpire? 
the football coach saw me walking through the hallways and was just like, you know, why don't you come out for the team next year? Because we didn't have very many players on the team. I mean, you were big, like the, like. No, no, I wasn't big, but I think he, he felt like I was big enough that he could use the body somewhere right. out there. So you know, you know, when you're when you're when you're a high school football coach and you're trying to get kids to come out for the team, right. you're basically looking around the school for kids with sides, and then you're like. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? So why don't you come on out for the team? And that's what he did with me. He was our gym teacher, too. So he got a chance to see me and see how athletic I was just by being in his gym class. And he was just like, man, you got to come out next year. Why don't you come out next year? And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, I will. Not really thinking that I was. And I don't know what it was that summer that just uh, – Told me to go to training camp. Told me to go in and report. You know, I I, I don't know what it was. I was, I, and I was you never played organized football. No, no, I had so never just, played. You're putting the helmet on and just going. right, right. Always, anyway. you know what the funny thing is? I always wondered and thought what it would be like because I was a bigger football fan. Right. You know what I mean? So watching the game, my favorite players or what have you, I always wondered what it would be like. I just didn't think I had what it took to go through training camp, two-a-days, hit, equipment, all that stuff. I'm like, I'm a basketball player. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to get my my Michael Jordan on, my Dominique Wilkins, my Magic Johnson. You Where know? you start? Where you playing well basketball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know. and So, you're but, think, are you thinking college at this point or this is too early? No, you're no. Just, I'm just, just happy playing. to be playing. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just happy to be playing. And because I wasn't one of the best players on the team, we had – I probably was fourth or fifth. I was good enough to be a starter, but wasn't necessarily – we had better players. We had we had a couple guys that were flat out basketball players. So he must have you know seen us playing, and he's like, okay, he's the defensive guy on the team, the rebounder on the team. So he's the he's the guy that may be tough enough to actually play football. So he asked me to come out, and I came out. And where did he put you, like position wise? Mike Brown over? was his name too. Matter of fact. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So you know Preston Brown, the linebacker, used to be with the Buffalo Bills? No, but it sounds familiar. Yeah, Preston Brown, he played at Louisville. His dad, I remember Preston Brown when he was a baby. That's his his dad was my high school coach. And w- so where did he throw you at? Like it, tight end. Tight end. Tight end and and we ran a 3-4 so it was like outside linebacker. Defensive end, outside linebacker, but we ran the uh you may be too young for this to remember this. We ran the run and shoot. So we ran the run and shoot in high school. So that's four wide receivers, one running back, oh, wow. and a quarterback. Yeah, so I happen to be one of the inside receivers. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. so I so, thought I was like uh, Jerry Rice, Chris right. Carter, all those guys, Sterling Sharp. Right. Um, so Michigan State saw you had rock hands and put you at uh, – Right, yeah. <laughs> the, the funny so thing – Yeah, that? yeah. Talk about the recruiting situation. Right. Well, the happened. funny thing with the recruiting thing is um, – you know, I played my junior year, and I wasn't I wasn't all that – I mean, I wasn't great. I don't even think I made all city or anything like that. You know, I mean, I've gotten honorable mention district, all district, something like that. Uh, um, but Not the to the point where you were thinking about college heading into your No, I still year. hadn't thought about right. college, man. I still hadn't thought about it, man. I, I was just having fun playing. It was my first year playing, so I'm just playing. And – um it's funny because the the guy who was recruiting me, Kip Waddell, 
Um, he had coached my oldest brother, my older brother, in uh, high school at a different high school. And so he had took a job at Michigan State as the D-line coach, and he was in charge of the uh, Cincinnati area, southern Ohio, southwestern Ohio area, recruiting-wise. And so he was actually – the game he noticed me in was a game he was actually there to see someone else play on the other team. So the other team we were playing against Western Hills – they had several good players on on the team, and so, but they were our homecoming. And I don't know why we would schedule them as our homecoming. They were one of the best teams in the city, so they wound up beating the brakes off of us. But I had a good game that game. I had a good game that game. And on so, defense, on offense, on offense, on offense. Yeah, and you know what? When I was in uh, high school, I made tackles on defense. You know, I think I had maybe a couple of sacks or whatever, but I didn't see myself as a defensive player. I was like most kids. Right. I saw myself as an offensive player. You want to score. Yeah, yeah, throw me the damn ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, let me get in the end zone. So um, it's funny. I had a good game that game, and that's how he noticed me. He was there to see kids from the other team. Actually, one of the guys who wound up being my best friend um, as we all went, wound up going to Michigan State. Um, but that's how he saw me. And so, what did he say? Like, did he come up to you? No, he couldn't come up to me at that game. Okay, I, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even know that they were recruiting me until the following off season, to the following spring. You know, I can remember. I I can still remember the first three letters I ever got from a college. You know, it was Ohio State, Boston College, and UCLA. Just uh, questionnaires. Wow. But but is that that's when it hit you? Like, oh, this, this right? Is yeah, I was like, oh man, yeah. I'm getting letters from Ohio State. You know, I grew up a Buckeye fan, right. so any kid in Ohio, you grow up a Buckeye fan. So I'm like, whoa, uh, Ohio State. You know, and 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 being naive and not really knowing back then, I questionnaires that that was like they were offering me a scholarship, and I didn't even <laughs> right. realize it. They they just wanted the information, height, weight, all that type of stuff for right. me. So. Yeah, but those are my first three letters. and uh, But, yeah, man, it was funny because I wasn't eligible to play the following year. And that's why I only played one year in high school. Okay. So I wasn't eligible to play my senior year. Okay. Because I'd already been in high school four years. Right. So, um, and all the schools that were recruiting me um, dropped off except for uh, four schools, except for um, Michigan State, Illinois, uh, University of Cincinnati, where John Harbaugh was my recruiter. I've been I've been knowing John Harbaugh since I was 17 years old. Wow. Um. Um. And who did I say? Oh, and Ball State, because that's where my high school coach went to college at at right. Ball State. So. So that's like those are four pretty good programs. Oh yeah. That was a, not a slam dunk choice, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. how 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 was that process? Do you talk to people or like why Michigan State? Um. The funny thing is, it would have been Illinois. Because one of my high school teammates wound up going to Illinois. And another kid that we played against in high school. So, like, we were all good friends from Cincinnati. So, those two guys wound up going to Illinois the year before me. And so, I would talk to them all throughout their freshman year in college. And my senior year, when I wasn't even playing, uh, they helped me get through that time of not being able to play, not being eligible to play. So, but the school wouldn't offer me the scholarship. You know, they didn't offer it, waiting on someone else not to take the scholarship in order to offer me one. And Cincinnati, I, I wanted to get out of Cincinnati. Right. You know what I mean? I, I just wanted to get out of Cincinnati to go somewhere else. Um, but they they were they were on me big time. 
uh, John Harbaugh wanted me. They offered the scholarship. He wasn't happy when I didn't take the scholarship. Uh, and Ball State, I was like, ah, so it's between Ball State and Michigan State. Right. And I'm like, ah, Big Ten. I'm in Big Ten. You know, every kid wants to be in the Big Ten in the Midwest. So I just, um, the first visit I took to Michigan State, when I took my first official visit, now, now mind you, I had visits still remaining with those other three schools. My first official visit, uh, I committed the uh, second day I was there. So you would get there on a Friday night. And uh, you really don't even meet the coaches that Friday. Now, you have a dinner. I guess you meet some of them. But the next day is really the day you get the tour of the campus, the football complex, all that stuff. But you have a host. So you have somebody from the team who's your host that night. And he takes you out and meet the other guys. Typically, you find yourself at a party somewhere. He's right. going to take you out somewhere or what have you. I had so much fun that first night, man. And next day. By the time I got to, <laughs> by the time I got to sit down with George Perlis, you know, you get to meet the head coach. He calls you in the office, and you get to sit down. And he talks to you, whatever. I'm like, Coach, I'm coming. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm here, and they they hadn't even offered the scholarship really yet. But I was like, I'm good. I'm in. I'm in. Ike had tremendous success at Michigan State, playing under George Perlis in 1994 and then Nick Saban from 95 to 97. Ike became one of the best ever to wear the white and green. He finished his college career with 420 tackles, 10 sacks, 3 interceptions, 4 forced fumbles, and 5 fumble recoveries. But what I didn't know was that his success didn't happen immediately. In fact, during his first year at Michigan State, Ike got homesick. And then you, I mean, now you burst on the scene at Michigan State. Like, I don't know, you had a zillion tackles like that. that I didn't even play my first year. Right. Well, Here's the funny, the funny, you know what the funny okay. thing is? After yeah. my, my first year there, I left. You left? I left after, after two or three weeks. The program? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I, wanted, I, I got homesick. Uh, oh, wow. See, I didn't know this. Yeah, man. I got homesick and was going to um, transfer to Cincinnati. Wow. I was going to transfer to Cincinnati. They still wanted me, but they couldn't put me on scholarship. So the deal was, I was if I transferred, I would have to pay my own way that first year. They would have helped me with uh, loans and stuff like that, but I couldn't be on scholarship the first year because of the transferring rules, and I would have been ready to go the following year. But, man, I got home. I left school. Um, got home. By the time I got off that bus, I took a bus home. It was a nine-hour bus ride from East Lansing to Cincinnati. By the time I got off that bus, I knew I had made a mistake by leaving. I had a long time to think about the decision I was making. You know, right. prior to making that decision, you know, my mother, they, she didn't really want me to leave, and everybody I had talked to about what I was going through, uh, emotionally or whatever, you know, they wanted me to stick it out and just stay there. And I was like, Nah, I want to go home. I want to come home. I want to come home. And, uh, yeah, man, it was um, it was cool, though. It was good for me that once I got home, I realized nothing had changed and everything was the same. Right. And so I'm like, dude, you know, you, 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 you know, you're blowing an opportunity. So I wound up going back after a couple of weeks. That's how I wound up redshirting my first year. I wasn't ready to play. And then Nick Saban comes. And right. What was what was it playing like? Playing for Nick, like Nick, Nick, man, Nick, Nick was hard to get used to in the beginning because you know George Perlis was known as a players' coach, and they felt like that was part of the problem. So they wanted to bring somebody in with a little more discipline, 
behind them and that that sort of thing. And so, you know, he and I, we didn't necessarily bump heads, but because you you have a guy that's a strong-minded as as a, as a Nick Saban, you know, he's going he's going he's not as easy to play for. Right. So, but, you know, um but you had a nice 3 years under him. Hell right? yeah. Was, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, I he mean, saw something. He, somebody saw he something. He helped make me to what I was as a player, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. If it wasn't, you know, he took something that was raw uh from an ability standpoint. The first year I played uh, I wound up leading the team in tackles, but that was just all off of just running around. Right. Just running around, chasing the football down. So, you started learning the game at this point yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick helped teach me the game of football. So um, by the time I left there, um, I knew football from a, from a, from a, um, from a pupil standpoint. So, yeah, he helped turn me into a uh, an NFL player, man. He helped turn me into an NFL player. And then uh, – Round five, pick 142, 1998, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Describe that situation, feeling, moment. Oh, that was awesome. Listen, you know, I thought I was, should have been no no worse than a third-round draft pick coming out of school. But, you know, going in the fifth round, um, I was I was still excited. Um, so are you disappointed by this point? Uh, as a, this one? a little bit. I think you are. I was prior to the Eagles calling me. Okay. So – yeah, prior you're, to, you're at home with your family. Yeah, 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 at home watching it with the family and everything. So you know, with everybody's anticip- anticipation and everybody's excitement, which eat, with each pick that goes by, that's a little piece of you going by. That's a little bit more disappointment. So you watch that for two days. You know, um, it can be a little difficult emotionally to deal with. But I think by the time Jim Bowman. Uh, who was the Eagles tight ends coach, who was my offensive line coach at Michigan State. By the time he called and uh, and put Ray on the phone, Ray Rose on the phone, and they told me they were selecting me, all that stuff went away. It felt like I was the number one pick in the draft. So and what was your thoughts on the Eagles franchise or you didn't really have you Oh, yeah. No, I knew about the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. But when they called me, I was like, yeah, because um, they were one of the teams that I – had in my little pool as to where I would like to go because A, they've always been known as a defensive team. So I wanted to go I wanted to play for a defensive team. And uh um when I looked at linebackers in the league um that were similarly built like I was, I knew I want I wanted to play in that system for those for those linebackers that play well. And Willie T, William Thomas uh was a guy that was um that was a smaller linebacker but was a playmaker, interceptions, sacks, forced fumbles, all those things. I knew that prior to coming here. And, and, I, and I sat down and interviewed with the Eagles at the Combine. So I knew with Emmett Thomas and Ray Rhodes um, that they kind of liked me through the interviewing process. And so when I knew it was them that was calling, I was excited. I was excited. I was getting to come to play for a team that had Randy, uh, um, not Randy, uh, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, you know, Chris Carter, all those guys. Those are guys I grew up watching playing for the Eagles. So when you get to Philly and the Eagles, like who do you gravitate towards? Does anyone kind of take you under your wing or are you learning uh, on, on your own? Or Mostly linebackers. Okay. Mostly linebackers. Um, William Thomas, Mike Caldwell, James Willis. Those were the guys that were in my group. James Darling. I had a real good linebacker group. Me and Jeremiah, me and Trotter came in in the same year. Right. So he was our third-round pick and I was our fifth-round pick. So, you know, we – 
kind of went through our rookie year together. Right. You know, um, from a, from an off the field standpoint. But that first training camp, it's kind of like as a fifth round pick, you're it's kind of nerve wracking. Like, do you, oh yeah, like you don't feel secure yet, do you? No, or? you know what? With me, it was funny. I came in and you know you're obviously nervous because you're in training camp, but I got most of the nerves out from the mini camps back then. By the time we got to training camp, um, I knew it was it was you know you gotta you know <laughs> you're gonna make this team and they it was good they told me oh you're gonna make this team by uh, playing special teams you know we already got our starting linebackers you know James Willis James Darling William Thomas you know you're gonna make this team by playing special teams. So you had better get next to John Harbaugh and stick stick to him, and that's what I did. That's what I did because I hadn't played special teams in college. That's funny how that comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't played special teams in college, right. so I had to learn, you know, how to be a good special teams player. But my first year, man, uh, I embraced it, and I wanted to play. I wanted to suit up on game day, man. I didn't want to be wearing a sweatsuit uh, right. on game day, and so. Did you feel like you belonged right away, or was there like a moment? Yeah, yeah. I did. I yeah. did. I did. I came in as a little bit of an older rookie, so I didn't have the necessarily jitters of not feeling confident that I could play because all I figured is as long as I know no one's tougher than I am and as long as I feel like if I hit you, you're going down, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple for me. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's the great thing about playing defense and being a linebacker is that the tougher, you know, the guys who aren't afraid to stick their head in there and hit somebody, as long as you got some athleticism. And I always had athleticism athleticism and speed on my side. So they just want to know whether or not with a slight frame, you know, will you stick your head in there and hit somebody. Right. And so once I did that, you know, we practiced with – we practiced with – uh the Buffalo Bills, my rookie year. Now, going 98. Up, yeah. I'm trying to think, 98, 98. Bills. Yeah. Going up against them and seeing those guys, I remember the first day, that was a little bit nerve-wracking when you see Bruce, Bruce, um, what is Bruce's last name? Bruce Smith. When you see, event, yeah, man. yeah. When you see Bruce Smith, the Hall of Famer, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, you know, you see all these guys out there on the field. Doug Flutie, that was the first year Doug Flutie came back to the league. He was there, and Wade Phillips was their coach, I believe. Was that Miracle in Meadowlands? Uh, right yeah, uh, Miracle in the uh, – Not uh, Meadowlands, Miracle at the Nashville the thing, yeah. Music City Miracle. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, was, that was that year. I think that was the year they made the playoffs and lost. And, uh, no, I think it was the following year. That gotcha. was 99. But, yeah, that rookie so, year was good. We stunk. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah we I mean, stunk you, as a team. You basically – like your career, so you, 98 to, to 2004 with the Eagles is yeah. like – the 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 trajectory of the team with Andy Donovan, you had the T.O. thing. I mean, t- 2004 was your coming out party. Yeah. Pro Bowl, all pro. Yeah. I mean. I should have been in there the two previous years, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> so what, what, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to talk about, you know, your your tenure in Philly, six yeah. seasons. I mean, you probably have countless stories Seven. and stuff. Seven seasons, yeah. sorry. Um, is there like a moment that sticks out? Was that 04 season or? You know what, for me, I think as as fun as the 04 season was, and obviously getting to the Super Bowl was fun. You know, the 2000 season 
was a blast for us as well. You know, the way the season started off with the onside kick in Dallas, that was the whole pickle juice game. The deuce game. Um, yeah. yeah, we're coming off of being 5-11 and 11 in Andy's first year. Uh, Donovan was going to be our starting quarterback from the beginning of the season. And uh, we surprised a lot of teams by winning 11 games that year and making the playoffs. So that was a lot of fun because that was a team that had low expectations and it was supposed to be the beginning or the next building block to the beginning of that new era. Uh, making the playoffs that year was pretty was pretty cool. I think after that point, everything became sort of trying, expected. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you're trying to get to the winter championship. Right. So, you know, the, 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 even though we had good football teams all those years, uh, sometimes those seasons get lost because – of the way the season's ended. And, you know, when you got to get back on the horse and try to get back the next year, you know, that takes away from some of the stuff you've done the year before. You don't get to remember it as fondly as you would had it ended, you know, with a Super Bowl ring, you know, like these guys did this past year. So it's uh, it's really a shame. We won a lot of football games during that time, got a lot of great memories. But um, sometimes when you think about the way the season ended, it uh, takes a little bit of the um, – the fun out of those seasons. What was losing the Super Bowl like? Like, what was that emotional? I mean, I, I've played sports at a competitive yeah. level, but I, I I can't imagine like getting to that point and coming. So, I mean, you guys played such a great game too. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It, it it hurt. It hurt. It didn't hurt as much as a couple of those conference championship losses hurt. Okay. Uh, but it certainly hurt. It, it certainly hurt. Felt like you kind of blew opportunities that you had. The one thing about that game, and and when you think about those conference championship games, is that we never played our best game. Right. Like we didn't we didn't lose by playing a good game in the other team. Like you know how the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Like the Patriots played a good game. They played a good game. Tom Brady threw for five hundred yards, and and the, and the Eagles still won the game because they made the play in the end to win the game. You know the Patriots, you can walk off the field holding your head pretty high. I, you know, we left that field in Jacksonville, and I just felt like we left so many opportunities out there. I really felt like we were better than that Patriots team. Nobody ever talks about that, um, but I really felt like we were better than that Patriots team. We just didn't play at our best that game. If I like say look back on your career, is there like if you had to pick a play, like is there is there a first play that comes to mind for you, like for a per- me? personally? Is there like a standout uh, play? Or I know you had a couple big interceptions. Yeah. That, um, I don't know if there's like a moment that you that you personally would think of. Oh man, I'm putting you on the spot, but yeah, you know, I maybe yeah, there isn't. I don't know. Maybe I had some college. pretty, I had some pretty good ones. Uh, you know, getting a sack on Brett Favre in the uh, fourth and twenty six game was pretty cool. You know, that was right. that, that. That's a pretty cool moment. I like, you know, when you get a chance to make plays or be involved in plays that also involve some of the game's greatest players, you kind of cherish those a little more because, you know, I'm not one of those players, but I have memories of being involved in certain plays with some of those guys. So, you know, there are certain hits on Deion Sanders. You know, I got a couple good ones on Deion. Uh, one when he, when he was with the Redskins, I made him fumble the ball. One when he was with the uh, Ravens. Got to admit, he was like 37, 38 years old when he was with the Ravens, though. But I hit him, hit him pretty good and flipped him over head over heels. Uh, in that game, 
All right, so I just wanted to see where your mind went. So that's there's the two good ones. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's like if you get a dunk on Jordan or right. you get a dunk on LeBron, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that, that play. Yeah. yeah, John Starks remembers dunking on Michael Jordan. Um, you finished your career two seasons in Atlanta. Yeah, you had. I mean, that was when Vic was going crazy, right? Yeah, it was. That well, no, that was I. The funny thing is that happened the year I got released. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. when he got in trouble, yeah. Um, so what was that time like? Did you like that? In Atlanta, I did enjoy or? my time in Atlanta, man. It, you know, the only thing I regret about being in Atlanta is that, you know, I didn't have the type of uh, impact on the team that I thought I could have. You know, when you go to a new team and they sort of bring you in as one of the guys that's supposed to be, uh, you know, a leader on the team or what have you. I thought I was getting there, but – because it was only two years, I didn't get. I didn't feel like I got a chance to really do what they brought me there for. And I thought we were a good team. Um, we just didn't know how to finish for whatever reason. You know, it's funny because the both the years I was in Atlanta, one year we started off six and two, we finished eight and eight. Uh, the next year we started off five and two, and we finished seven and nine. I believe it was that was the year Jim Moore got fired, and so uh, Jim Moore Jr. And so, um, so did you think you still had more to give when when they released you? Or I did, I did, but you know what? I didn't, I didn't have the desire to prepare like I had in years past. Right. Like if I really wanted to play one more year, I could have played one more year. But I was just like, eh, unless the right situation come up, like if the Eagles had to pick me up in two thousand and seven. Then I would have played because right. I had already bought a house. I had already had my house built back here uh, over in Jersey. And so I was already planning on moving back up to this area. And so I didn't want to go through a bunch of workouts and tryouts. And this. I didn't want to do that. And so if the Eagles had called me, you know, and said, do you still got anything left that you want to play? I would have played that year. Um, and then you transition into this, into WIP and radio and Ike at night. Yeah. I mean, was that like, that must have been hard. Like, wh- how did that happen? Now, that's nerve wracking. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your own so, show, like, yeah, yeah, man. Um, did someone ask you to. Shout get... out to Andy Bloom. Okay. He, he approached you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing a bunch of part time stuff through the fall of 2007. Thinking, what the heck am I going to do? Well, yeah. I was, I was just trying to get my feet wet. Okay. You know, one thing I appreciated about w, uh, WIP. And uh, some of our former bosses that I built up relationships while I was playing here. You know, I, I had been doing work with WIP while I was a player uh, with different hosts. And I got to know upper management and program directors. Um, and so they always you were told calculated me. calculated in doing yeah, this? Yeah, mm-hmm, no doubt about it. It was something that I wanted to do. And not only with WIP, with some of the other local uh, uh, stations around here, whether it was CBS, whether it was Comcast, that is now NBC Sports, you know, I was doing that stuff while I was a player. I did interns. I did an internship in 2003 over at Comcast in, in, in the off season. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and then I had shows with other hosts uh, throughout the season on, on on Monday nights, the day after games, things of that nature while I was playing. So long story short, I knew what I wanted to do when I moved back up here. And uh, it's funny because Tom Lee was the program director that I always knew when I played here. And he was the one I talked to, he and uh, Mark Rayfield, who was our general manager at that time, when I was when I decided, when I was thinking about retiring and what I was going to do next. So um, I remember Mark telling me, you know, you know, we love you, Ike. Um, 
we can get you on there. I can put you on wherever I can. You know, can't offer you anything full time right now, but you just need the reps. You need to get in. You need to get up here. You need need the reps. I was still living in Atlanta then, and he was like, you know, I don't know if you can do it from Atlanta. So you need to move back here so that you can get the frequent reps. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did when I came up uh, that summer. Um, I think Tom Lee <laughs> may have been here one more month when I got here. Because Andy Bloom came, I believe, in August of uh, 2007, two, or it was in September, maybe one of those. And uh, by the time we got through the fall of 2007 and we were heading into the spring of 2007, they made changes with some of the other shows, with the midday shows. Steve Martirano was here. They uh, they moved him. And so um, Andy asked me uh, after I had been doing some night shows, right, because – First, I was doing shows with other hosts on the weekends. Uh, Brian, you know, Brian Satari, Rob Ellis. Once we got past the football season, Andy wanted to see if I could handle doing night shows. You know, 10 to 1, 11 to 2, that type of stuff. And I was like, sure. You know, I I didn't, you know, I'm like... (laughs) You know, I've, you know what? No, the funny thing is I didn't say sure. Now that I think about it, I, I remember sitting in his office and I'm like, are you sure? I'm yeah. like, are you sure? Like, you want me to do them by myself? And he was like, yeah, you know. He's like, eventually, you know, you got you to gotta get the reps and, you know, you got to be able to, you know, do the shows like this and you got to have confidence to be able to do it. He was Mike Brown asking you to play. It was the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, all right, I was like, all right, if you think so. And so I did it and I did it not knowing how the hell it was going to turn out. And um, from that, it went from that to the Ike at Night show, 7 to 11. I did that for a while. And, uh, and then you paired up with Howard. And then I paired up with Howard after that. Yeah, I paired up with Howard for like two, two and a half years. Um, I felt like that was another part of the initiation. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> having, to, having to work with Howard uh, in a day part. But I tell you what, it helped me. Uh, it helped me from the standpoint of sharpening my skills at doing this and being able to. I guess being able being able to be in a time slot like that with having so many people hear you, it got me over the whole fear right. of what's it like doing drive and you know, evening or uh, afternoon drive three to seven right. on the radio. So now you're, I mean, now you're a grandfather of your own, just had, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Few kids now. Your mm-hmm. kids are getting older. Yeah. Um, and you've been married for a while. Yeah, huh? married. What what is what year is this? 2018. Yeah. Uh, 16 years now. 16 years now. And uh got a couple kids, uh, boy and a girl, Elijah and Jada. Tenth grade, going into the tenth grade and going into the seventh grade. Those two, my wife Renee. Uh, we've been knowing each other since Michigan State days, since nineteen ninety four. So that's twenty four years of us. Uh, being around each other. And then you mentioned my, me being a grandfather, my oldest son, uh, who lives back in Cincinnati, Michael, uh, just became a father last uh, October, the day before my birthday, uh, last October. So, um, And so he had a daughter 
Yeah, that lets me know how old I'm. Yeah, <laughs> all is. your brothers still back in Ohio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all back in Anyone Ohio else with moms. involved in sports or just you? No, no, no. They, you know what? You know, like most most kids, you get to that high school level. Like most people don't realize, most people's athletic careers end in high school. Right. You know what I mean? No matter how good you are or what have you. So yeah, after after high school, they didn't. I was the only one that was uh, fortunate enough to play ball. Uh, at the high school, they weren't necessarily as good anyway. I mean, they may tell you differently, but they weren't. I know you um, guide and coach Elijah a lot. Yeah, do you steer him away from football or towards football? You know what? Towards football. Okay. You know, he just started playing last year. I didn't let him play football until ninth grade, mm-hmm. fourteen years old. So last year was his first year playing. Um, you know, I just didn't think he was uh, necessarily ready to play. And, uh, you know, he's happy that he's playing high school now because now I can't coach him. You know what I mean? I coached him all the way up through Little League baseball and basketball and soccer and everything else. He was happy to get away from me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When I asked Ike Reese for a turning point in his life, it had nothing to do with football and it had nothing to do with school. It was something he did not expect, but something he made the best of and something he became a man from. Um, I ask I ask a lot of people this question: Is was there, if you look back on your life, was there like a, a turning point or a moment where things changed, or like if you didn't do this one thing, or if this person didn't pop into your head? You mentioned right. the um, was it at Thompson? Who, oh yeah, Eric Thomas. Was, yeah, was that like mm-hmm. the the turning point for you? Maybe or? I guess yeah, I guess I think you can say that. I, yeah, that's a um, you know it's it's funny because when you. I'm 44, so you're talking about that's a lot of turning points and different different, <laughs> right, different right. points of your life. But but I think if I were to say what sort of at least got me on the right path, I'll say uh, probably becoming a father at 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. You know what I mean? And so once you know you're going to be responsible for someone else, you know, you kind of you kind of that kind of it should put you in the focus and and should make you want to set goals for yourself so i would even say uh my oldest son at the point where i knew i had gotten my uh then girlfriend pregnant um i was like yeah we got to do something man we got to do something (laughs) we got to do something better right um and Luck, like, how much do you think luck plays into a factor in all this? Like, I ask a lot of people about this, but luck, yeah, like luck versus skill and how you got here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of luck of plays luck. in it from I that. Think it, I guess standpoint. it's less luck for you than some of these other like no, media personalities, but yeah, I guess so. But here's the thing: I'll say a lot of luck had to happen for me to even uh, get to Michigan State. You know what I mean? Um, Stay at Michigan State, make it through there, and then, you know, listen. I played with with ball players that uh, I would think were better players than I was, and they couldn't stay healthy, or they couldn't. They didn't get in the right situation to to have a career in the NFL. So, um, not only that, and if you take it one step further, having a career in the NFL, you know, it was lucky for me that. I had coaches on this Eagle staff that had a history with me, that knew me. You know what I mean? You when because when you fire a coach and you bring in a new guy, he's gonna bring his own guys in. So you gotta have someone 
that necessarily uh, believes in you and sees something in you. And then I was lucky enough to have good teammates that like uh, Troy Vincent, Brian Dawkins, you know, Bobby Taylor, these guys, Mike Caldwell, uh, William Thomas. I had guys like that that helped me think about life after football and start planning for life after football. And so that allowed me to be here where I'm at now. Then I had to be fortunate enough to be around the people I work with in this business. You know, I people ask me sometimes about what I'm most proud of uh, in my in my life and my career. Obviously, outside of my kids and my family, what have you. And I think about just me personally. Um, I think being able to do what I've been doing the past ten years. Sometimes I'm uh, uh, more more proud and more satisfied than I did what I did with my athletic career. You know what I mean? Because I've been able to go from one thing I dreamed about doing my whole childhood to being able to do what I dreamed about doing my adulthood. Last question. Um, February 4th, 2018, like what was that feeling for you? I mean, I know how it feels for an Eagles fan, but for you, um, a player, you know, you, you, the Eagles do such a great job of keeping you guys in the organization involved. Yeah. I mean, you're on the float for the parade. What was that that whole experience like? Oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure like a lot of Eagles fans shed a couple tears that night um, when that ball finally hit the ground and, uh, you know, felt like a um, the curse was sort of lift, lifted off the city, off the team primarily. Uh, the Eagles organization. And, you know, I felt like the fans felt. This was, we won. We all won. We all get a little part of this. You know, we all get a little part of this. We all get to uh, finally say the team that we root for the most and the team that has all of our hearts the most, uh, we can say they're champions. They're world champions. We can finally sit at that world champion table, you know, with the rest of the, the Super Bowl championship cities and say we got ours we got one so you know that that was huge that was that was big time man and they'll probably win another one at some point but nothing will be like this one nothing nothing will feel like this one felt Ike Reese 94 WIP thanks for listening to Wired This Way Please subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. And thanks a lot to Eric the Turtel Golden, who helped produce the show. If you'd like to sponsor Wired This Way, please email me at andrew.porter at entercom.com. That's E-N-T-E-R-C-O-M dot com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.